Good evening, everyone. It is I, the one and only, the Oklahoma, and welcome to the Not Real Liberty Luau podcast. Surprisingly enough, we made it past our pilot, and here's tonight's second episode. Before we get started, uh, I'd like to read off just a couple ads, because if I don't, I'm going to end up Epstein, and none of us want that. The Libertarian Veteran Caucus, great bunch of group of uh, guys and gals, and uh, they've kind of know a thing or two because, well, they've seen a thing or two. The Alaskan Raven, for all your meme-loving needs, if you're a shit poster, it's definitely the place to go look at. I mean, just looks wholesome, too, on top of that. Probably won't ever get sucked, either. Find us on the Not A Real Libertarian Podcast on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor. Or, I mean, if you want to send a smoke signal, I, it might work that way, too. The third book in the <clears throat> Royal Green series by Jack Casey. And the Tennessee Radical Caucus, one of the most radical caucuses around, unless you come to Oklahoma. But Tennessee is pretty nice to go around and see. Tonight's episode, uh, my my original co-host is out due to surgery. Uh, he's all right. He'll be back next week, next Monday. Um, so I had to scramble for a guest host. Uh, tonight, I'm bringing the, one of my good buddies from, he's the co-state organizer from Maryland. He is one of our very strong-minded RCLP members. Uh, bring out, I'm bringing the suburban agorist. Hey, Nick, how you doing? What's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot. Uh, just living in this crazy actually, world, trying to make sense of it a day at a time. Yeah, I'm actually jealous you have your flag. I'm still waiting on my flag. Uh, I got mine. USPS. Oh, okay, so you're special. And the, oh, yeah. yeah, Patricia, uh, supposedly the fall, the fall moon is out, so goons out especially. Uh, that harvest moon. No. Yeah, that, that fall harvest moon. All the, all the crazies are going to come out. Uh, so uh, suburban agorist or agorist, agorist, depending on where the hell you're from, uh, what exactly does agorist mean? Um, it kind of takes the whole anarcho-capitalist idea kind of a step further and kind of is that sense of community and having a whole economy and society within a smaller community. Um, so that's like private currencies or, or some call community currencies, um, you know, complete black market trade, um, uh, volunteerism to, you know, the nth degree, um, and just people like-minded people living together doing, you know, voluntarily working together to get a common goal achieved and, uh, pretty much have kind of autonomy from any sort of government, or any sort of outside influence. So pretty much decentralized. Oh yeah, it's like it's just like it's like I said, it's it's anarcho capitalism, just a kind of a step further. Um, it's it you know against kind of big corporations, it it brings it it scales everything back down to the community. Uh, so who wears the hat better? <laughs> uh, I haven't got my hair cut in a couple weeks or. Yeah, a couple of weeks. So right now, I, I have to have a hat. If not, this is what happens, and I just yeah, hat. Same. Hold on, we're not gonna hold, necessary. Hold on, we're not gonna do we're not gonna do the whole whose hat's better because Cajun and Jason have the whole <laughs> whose beard is better, and I'm not getting into that whole debate. No, not gonna no, happen. Not, on not that. gonna happen. Nope. Not here. Not here on a real libertarian uh, network. We don't do that here. Uh, so Brian, you guys just had a the crab fest right yeah we did it was a state event um it wasn't just closed state uh members but uh yeah, it was a crab feast it was at a um uh actually he's a member on the executive board it's a family property that's been in his family for seven generations uh it was a beautiful property on the chesapeake bay on the eastern shore which is actually where the other uh our other state organizer is um and it was it was a great turnout great family event there were you know, everybody was repping their caucuses and things, and 
uh families were there spike was there he gave a rousing speech fired everybody up um and that was a really good time really good fundraiser for the party um and then after that uh i stole spike from my own state party and uh drug him down to dc for the end of the damn war uh and the damn wars protest i forgot that you guys had a uh, the freedom daddy himself at your uh at those both events did any did anybody bring apricots or partially open bottles of water for him that was me i was the one driving around all weekend i had uh i even got half of a side of smoked sand for him in case he wanted some um but yeah i had all the accoutrements that spike wires okay nice oh uh so you and eric are both the state organizers for maryland right you guys split it yeah, so if you ever look at Maryland on a map, it kind of looks like a gun. And it's it's kind of two different cultures on either side of the Chesapeake Bay. So it's fitting that we have two state organizers. He can stick to that side of the state, which is should be its own state. Anybody on the eastern shore, for sure, would argue that. And then um, I've been handling mostly central Maryland and then uh, reaching out to western Maryland a little bit, too. Okay, so... Um... When it comes to like the whole libertarian scene up in Maryland, I've never been that far north, so I have no idea what you guys encounter and stuff like that. So, like, can you give like a brief insight to everybody, like what it's like up there? Yeah, so Maryland is it's a it's kind of a lot like your state, right? Where you're a blue state because of the, of the cities. Um, if you were to drive around the suburbs and the farmland, you would see you would see that it's red country you would think, oh, oh yeah, this is a, a red state. And then, you know, you have such high populations in the cities that uh, are Democrat that it just ends up being a Democratic state. And then it's it's almost like the Republicans don't stand a chance here, uh, unless you're a rhino like Larry Hogan. Um, so, so it's been a historically blue state for a while, um, but they don't act like a blue state. You know, we still have relatively strict marijuana laws for being as blue as we've been for the past about 50 years that they've actually the democrats have actually had a veto-proof majority in maryland for about 50 years and we still don't have recreational marijuana so like how like what are you guys like actually doing like do you actually care about your constituents so that's the kind of stuff that we deal with in maryland um you have a bunch of guys like me that approach way that um see it as a constitutional right or of human right to, to own and bear firearms. Um, and then you also have a, a political majority that says otherwise. So it's demographically, I would like to say it's a purple state, but politically it's a blue state all the way. Okay. Yeah. We're still waiting for recreational to happen here, but it's right at, at the moment, it's just medicinal. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it probably never, it, I, I, I say never, but it's, we're waiting for it. Apparently it's, it's close to be on the ballot, but we'll see exactly how that goes. Um, politicians like to pull left and right on, get your hopes up and then they let you down and it's what you ended up, end up as. But yeah, I mean, and then you see it in Maryland, it's, there's, you know, a few companies that have kind of a monopoly on the market um, that mm-hmm. are, that our prices are, extremely high compared to the rest of the nation's medicinal prices um we don't have edibles in our state you can't legally buy edibles there's a couple brands of gummies that you can get um and if you look at you know who has who has shareholders in these uh producers these purveyors of cannabis products they're usually local politicians so you know it's they want to keep it just medicinal they don't want to make it recreational because right now they can really control the market prices because they can keep the market small. Um, so it's, and that's probably how it's going to be for, for a long time because a lot of people are making a lot of money off of this. And a lot of people are, are just paying the prices because it's safer than getting off the street. It's, it's a peace of mind really. And, uh, and you, people need the medicine. So they're going to pay those prices regardless. So it's, it's just, again, just taking money from the the middle class and the poor people that, would rather use this as medicine opposed to opioid drugs. I'm not poor. I'm economically challenged, <laughs> Brian. There's a difference. I'm not I poor. I just say I'm a poor. I'm a poor. 
Uh, so speaking of medicine and money and businesses and all that, how has uh, the lockdowns and all that happened been up there for up in Maryland? Like the most I know, like up as far as like like New York and everyone knows the whole hellhole of New York. New York has become the new California in a sense. So I didn't know how does that affect Maryland. So, like I said, our uh, governor is a rhino, so he is a Republican, but only name. Oh, so he's um, so he's Donald Trump. But he hates Donald Trump. He actually voted for Ronald Reagan in the last election. That's that's how Ronald Reagan too. Yeah, it, it made no sense. Like first off, the guy, it it just made no sense, and it kind of it kind of pissed me off because like at least cast a vote, like an actual vote back. Um, so just like a lot of states and a lot of the left states, he he locked down just about as hard as any of them. Um, not kind of quite to the extent. Actually, for about a month, we were pretty locked down. Um, I had to have paperwork to go to and from work. Um, my wife's a teacher, so, you know, obviously she was staying at home. Um, and it was, it was, they made, they really did a good job of fearing people up during that time period. Um, and he was pretty much hardcore lockdown and Maryland's going to fight this and blah, blah, blah. Um, and now that his term's coming up, um, he wants to run for, I think, Senate now is, is kind of what he's vying for. He's turning into a Republican again. He's saying we're not going to lock down again. There's not going to be statewide mask mandates again. Uh, you know the the things that we've been asking him for this entire time. Uh, when he decides that he needs to be a Republican again, he's going to go ahead and do it. So you guys actually had to show papers to travel. Like this is this is pre vaccine mandate, right? Yeah, this or is not pre mandate, vaccine mandate. Yeah, pre pad this is this is like uh April, May of last year. And they that we a lot of people had notes and work saying, Here, this is how you get around in case you get stopped because you're not supposed to leave the house. Um, I never got stopped, but you would see people down going down the street having the things taped to the back of their windows so they didn't have to get stopped and bothered. Um, it it was really kind of a <clears throat> uh apocalyptic kind of for like two weeks you just nobody was on the road nobody was in the stores and uh that was all for nothing it was just our governor just forcing all of us to lock down it's kind of like how it was here and now this governor is trying governor sitch trying to save face uh by put pushing back against whatever mandates uh are supposed to be coming through and stuff like that and i'm like no, you, we all saw you locked us, you locked everyone down for the last year, year and a half. And now you're wanting to push back because you're on your time in office is almost done. Like you're trying to save face. I, I admire it slightly, but you're still a piece of shit. But so how is the, have you guys been forced to get uh, vaccines up there yet? Um, no, there's no force. There's no, we have actually my county, um, Anne Arundel County, uh, we, our county executive has spoken to the media. He's looking for a vendor, um, that want, will do a vaccine passport for all, uh, county government buildings and all retail stores. Um, I, I don't know if he kind of just said it to the media just to see what people reaction was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, I guess it's within their realm of possibility with their power that they do have that they can force this passport. I don't understand how it's legal. But uh, I know right now, since the state of emergency has been lifted in Maryland, uh, our county executives don't have the power for mass mandates and, and things like that. But I guess they can still enforce retail stores to do these kind of things. I don't really get it. They'll probably give them a, a carrot to, to make them do it. It's kind of like if you get the vaccine, we'll give you a donut, we'll give you a beer, all the stuff that makes you unhealthy, mm-hmm. as long as you get, yeah. Here's a Krispy Kreme donut. More people died of heart disease last year uh, than COVID, but here's a free Krispy Kreme. Uh, I don't know. He was. <laughs> I found. I, I I found him on the interwebs. He was like on Craigslist, and this is like the worst like five dollars I've ever spent. Oh, well, I mean, you got a more full beard than bootleg, so I mean, you, you got that over him. I have a head hair too, so I got 
that though. Oh, okay. I wasn't gonna go the bald route, but <laughs> that I mean, you might have just made your own deathbed. So, <laughs> hey, I'm I'll probably was I, never gonna be on here again. So, Took I wish you shot. the best on that. I wish you the <laughs> best on that. So, uh, have you been paying attention to the stuff that's been happening in Australia? Like as of like, like we, we we've all watched like Australia and New Zealand like build up and stuff like that with how they've uh, pretty much everyone knows that Australia is nice as it looks. And uh, well, uh, what was it? Yeah, they gave all their guns. I'm sorry, I had a whole whole ass blank moment. And they gave their gun control, which put them in a whole mess of a situation. And then now they're forcing the mag- mandates upon everybody. Their whole state's locked down over one case. And then now they're just fighting. Now the the citizens are fighting back against the police. Like I don't know if it, you've seen the videos of them pretty much in a whole ride going hand to hand with the, the police state. Yeah. So from what I understand that, I think that if you've seen that video, it was a police line and it was kind of a narrow street. It was like between like some buildings and like a, a, a hill or something like that. And uh, these protesters just said, screw it and broke through that police line. And um, apparently they were shutting down um, public transportation to that area. So the people wouldn't go to this protest and everything. So they were going full draconian mm-hmm. measures to try to get this protest to stop. Um, and it's it's about time. I mean, it, I, for me, I, I've been talking about um, a line in the sand recently of, 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 like, you have to have your line drawn by now and know when that line gets crossed and when to act. Um, and I think a lot of Australians, their line in the sand has been crossed now. Um, th- I mean, you – every – 15 minutes you, you get something on your cell phone like that you have to check in or the police come to your door um you know taking a shower you take a nice long shower or something and you leave your phone or your phone dies your phone dies god forbid your phone yeah, dies. you have like you have like 15 minutes to to answer that that call from uh the authorities or they end up tracking your gps and arresting you for not complying with the uh letting everyone know where you're at and stuff like that even if you're not even uh contracting anything if, even if you're by yourself if you don't report in you're fucked yeah and they're they're trying to do the same technology here actually when we were down at that rally in dc last weekend um we were leaving we were heading out of dc and spike was in my passenger seat and shows me his phone and he gets this uh, this alert saying if he wants to opt in for this covid tracking uh system in dc so the idea is that if you somebody else is participating you cross paths then it'll alert you that you know if they had ended up getting covid down the road like oh you passed them or you walked by this person who's has covid and you have been exposed and blah 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 so you're pretty much just signing your own lockdown warrant essentially because they know exactly who you are where you've been it's it's and but they make it you know like it's safe it's for the safety of everybody Right. And like JP just said, the they had the old woman down after she'd been knocked down and they were macing her, two of them on one old woman macing her. And he's right. That's, I mean, that's probably the best gun rights ad you'll probably see over, at least uh, outside of our country, which I mean, we've seen it happen in our, in our own nation that, I mean, there's been plenty of ads that could be for gun rights, which I mean, I don't need an ad to show, prove that I need my gun rights, but I mean, the authoritarian... Yeah, and, and it fits. It fits the narrative. And I don't know if there's somebody that isolated um, one guy that was a protester in that, and he was just going around just murking cops, just throwing them down, tackling them, like, and not stopping at all. So, of, of course, I mean, that's kind of a cop's mentality is to go after the weak because one guy fighting... The guy took down, like, five or six cops in, like, one little spurt. So, I mean, that just fits. They're always taking down the e Yeah, that, that was Jason Bourne. Oh, really? Yeah, that was Jason Bourne. <laughs> but no, what people here don't understand is like the, the, the people, and I say people, it's mainly the left that are pushing for this whole, everyone's going to get the vaccine. It's going to be mandated. You're going to carry around a card. You're going to show us your papers and bullshit like that. You're going to give up this. And, and what they don't understand is that there's – we're seeing what's happening in Australia. We're seeing what's happening in New Zealand. We're seeing what's happening. We're seeing what's happening 
in uh, France. We're seeing what happens when you put people in this position, like you're poking the bear and then people are shocked when people start fighting back. And what they don't understand is that we, there's a majority of, a vast majority of Americans that are well-reserved. They keep to them. They want to be left alone. They want to be kept to themselves and they don't want the violence is the last thing on their to-do list. And then they come out and they start doing stuff like I, in the countries I just listed. And what, what were you guys expecting to happen for people just to roll over, to let this continue to happen, to just comply. And, And that's the thing is, we're not going to comply with this. This it's never been, it's not negotiable. It's not up for discussion. I mean, take it, take it as you will, but it's just not, it's not going to ever happen. And I'll never, you got politicians pushing for it. And I don't know, I could go, I'm, I'm, I'm in a rambling and I don't want to do that. Well, in this and, time then that we're you got, on. You, and you got to think about the people that this, this vaccine mandate is affecting. Um, there are people that are going to lose their job because they simply refuse to get a medical procedure done um, to keep their job. Like, like that's what, and <clears throat> just because it's not affecting you. So it's not affecting about a third of the population, right? This vaccine and testing mandate, but that should piss you off enough to want to do something because you're next. Just because the, the mandate isn't for you yet. You're next. It started with Medicare and Medicaid patients or people that work around Medicare and Medicaid patients. Now it's, you know, anybody that's employed by somebody with over 100 employees, which is a third of the population. So what's next? Uh, if you have an FHA loan or VA loan in your home, you're going to have to get vaccinated, keep your loan status. Like how much, how further are they going to reach to make sure everybody has to get tested or vaccinated? And then well, and- where's the cost? Where's all that cost coming from? Well, what people also, they don't understand is like, yeah, they want to push for this. They want to invade people's lives to do so on this is, do you think it stops there? Like once, let's say, let's say in in their dream world, everyone is now forced to get uh, vaccinated. You've now crossed that line of that person's bodily choice and you succeeded. So do you think it stops there? Do you think that the, the government goes back into their little hiding holes and stuff like that. And they're not, and that's just, they're going to just stop there. No, they're going to intrude even more because now they see what they can do when they put the pressure on everybody and they fear monger everybody into it. Well, look at, look at the, what we've been in for the past 20 years before all this, we were in a, a terrorist theater state we, we were constant. We were always fighting the terrorists. That was the big threat. And then now it's bioterrorism, right? Because we're all potentially bioterrorists because this virus is so deadly and you may not even show symptoms, but you're killing grandma. Um, so it just, it just, the Patriot Act, it's just the Patriot Act again. It's the same thing. Once government uh, takes away freedoms and gets more power, it never gets reversed ever. Um, from what I understand, we're, we've been in a state of emergency since 9-11 as a nation. That is what has given all of these presidents these executive rights to bomb and spend all this money, print money, just, you know, money printer go burr this past year, hard to the core. Um, and it, it and 9-11 allowed all this to happen. It set the, the foundation for where we are now. We're, we're really getting really close to what I'll call a fascist state if we're not already there. Right. No, I completely agree, and it's like, um, like you said, the whole this whole new vaccination thing is they're using it as a fear mongering technique. It's like the Patriot Act and stuff like that, and it's just like how Apple, I think Apple finally backed down after it it got caught. Um, Apple was trying to invade people's privacy by scanning everyone's phone who has an iPhone for uh, child pornography or pedophilia and stuff like that. And they might be doing that, but just like in the Patriot Act, it was to keep an eye on terrorists or potential terrorists and stuff like that. And I'm like, you're no, you're just spying on Americans without their consent. And so I told everyone like that, that what we're the state that we're in is pretty much the Patriot Act version 2.0. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I caught a lot of flack for it. They're like, oh, you're just you want people to be able to keep that stuff on your phone. Like, no, that is 
you completely missed the whole point of what I was trying to get at and stuff like that. And so it's been, I don't know, uh, majority of Americans are fucking stupid. Uh, literally they're glued to their fucking TV. And, um, when you Follow talk about the vaccine, Democrats, my... if you want a good laugh a couple of times. A oh dear. I mean, dear, I, I had to take, I had to take a break from that whole fucking page because the fucking idiocy that is, it, it astounds me. But like, when you talk about the vaccine, my favorite thing is when people, oh, well, you're not a scientist, you're not a virologist. I'm like, okay, you're right, but you're gonna hear, you're here to contradict me, but you're not a virologist, you're not a scientist. So, and then they throw CNN reports, Fox News reports, and shit like that. I'm like, okay, well, here are my sources. Oh, well, those are third, third, uh, third string like sources. Okay, it's the same shit. Like, it just because it's not mainstream and owned by the the top dogs, this is what what we're getting at. Okay, JP, I have no idea who George Carlin is, and I'll probably get uh, shunned for that. So I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt and just roll with it. So it, it's definitely a compliment. Definitely a compliment. Okay. <laughs> I'll, have to look, I'll have to look up George Carlin here in a little bit uh, after we get off tonight. But uh, to break away now from that, um, I don't know if you paid attention to the, sh- the, the dumpster fire that happened on Twitter over the weekend, but. Uh, I guess now Nicki Minaj is considered, uh, as I've read, based. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that or not, but I understand that she went against the uh, the elite's agenda and is she got banned for at least I want to say twenty four hours because she was just asking questions. She was uh, pretty much called the Democrats out. She called the elites out, and so they are they're censoring her. And stuff like that. And by before anyone gets their paintings in a in a wad, by no means am I endorsing or supporting Nicki Minaj. I think I think she's still an idiot, but she made valid points. Pretty much yeah, like I mean, she said, it's... if the if the Democrats told you to put marbles up your ass for a week to uh, to fulfill to beat COVID, I'm gonna I'll I will confidently say about ninety five percent of Americans will shove a marble bag inside of their ass and walk around. Because science said so. Yeah, and they and they totally would. And what's what's even more screwed up is that the Democrats think that they have that power. Um, look, I mean, I like you said, Nicki Minaj is Nicki Minaj, but I mean, a broken clock is still right twice a day. So it's if nothing else, I just hope it gets the whole bodily bodily autonomy from all aspects of it, right? From abortion to a vaccine that you have bodily autonomy. If, if you don't have that, then what do you have? That is the most personal of property that you can have. Um, you can exactly. never own a home, land, nothing, but you always own your own body. And if they start, you know, we've seen it with, with abortions. We're seeing it in Texas where neighbors can narc on their neighbors and, and get 10 grand for narcing on their neighbors for getting an abortion or something like that. Um, so, we need when we talk about bodily autonomy, we need to talk about bodily autonomy for everybody across the spectrum, no matter what the procedure, process, medication is. Because as soon as we lose that, then it's done. If, if we can at least have our bodies, then that's it. Then what are we even fighting for at that point? Because we've already lost. Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten into quite a, quite a few heated arguments because I I have a lot of people that are that I'm friends with that are pro choice as am I, but. I tell them, they're like, oh, well, a woman's body is a woman's body. I'm like, you're right. I was like, but my body is also my body. I said, so when it comes, I was like, so when you want people to have their choice for their own body, I said, that needs to be across the board. I said that whether that be for medical procedures, for abortions, for vaccines, for whatever it may be, if it is your own body, nobody's opinion really matters. You And I'll, I'll, I'll die on that hill. I mean, it, it, I don't care. It's my body is my body and then it pisses them off because they're like oh well okay well that well no that the whole vaccine you need to give up a little bit because it's for the great great like no the fuck no that there's no there's no loophole there's no there's no wedge for there you, it's that's not how it works just because it's something that you want to push on the 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 everybody else doesn't make it right so if you want to have free choice for anyone's body that needs to be for all things that come to mind 
and I've gotten blocked and stuff like that, which fuck it. I mean, this like I've said it before, this is my third Facebook. It's probably not going to be my, it won't be my last Facebook more than likely at some point, but I'll always going to, I'm always going to come back and somehow, some way you're going to end up on my friends list. You're going to see me spout the stupid shit that I say that I believe in. And that's just how it's going to be. We just need to all start setting our last names to Lazarus when we, uh, when we make our new profiles. Um, but yeah, I, I, something I like to say all the time, I don't know if it's somebody's actual saying or what, but it's, it's, um, your rights end where mine begin, or you can say it reverse. My, my rights begin where yours end. Um, and that goes, that's bodily autonomy, right? That's, that's, we, the, the government already taxes us for the property that we own. They already, you know, license and, and register and permit us to death. So the mm-hmm. least they can do is leave our bodies alone. Um, and if they can't do that, then it's, it's organizations like us is, is why we exist. If we can't get them to see that. Now, when you say in, uh, it's ca- probably a branch off, but when you say organizations like us are, what organizations are you specifically talking about? Uh, the, the redacted caucus, uh, the Boogaloo movement, right? We are, Oh, okay. We're fighting for all of these, all your rights all the time. And we, but we aren't, afraid of the boogaloo right we aren't afraid to come to arms if the political way doesn't work again we're not accelerationists but we recognize that sometimes political uh, means of change aren't always the most effective right and that's why like i said in the last show is like we try to switch that name we're we're trying to rebrand that name and make it a not necessarily a household name but more of a comfortable term to speak with amongst in the public and stuff like that. And that's why like a lot, you see a lot of us working with state LPs. Um, like I'm, I'm trying to get in more with the Oklahoma. LP. I'm sure you're with the Maryland uh, libertarian party that are, and you're trying to work with them. And I have a lot of people here that understand and see our caucus and they recognize this and they want, they see what we're trying to do. So that's why I get invited out to uh, rallies. I get invited to meetings. I get invited to this, that, and the third and, that's what we want. We want, and we have a lot of people in our, in the RCLP that are not political, which is fine. I don't, you're, you're, it's not an obligation. It's not a, it's not a condition that you must be political. I choose to be political because I don't want my kid to have to endure what you and I have had to endure or what our parents have had to endure. Like I'm wanting to make some kind of change for the future that may make his life a little bit easier where he doesn't have to go through this or the, my neighbor's kid doesn't have to go through this. Whether they have different beliefs or not, I'm trying. I want to do what I need to do to instill our freedom and liberty from here on out, because it's on the verge of being taken away from us. It is are being swept up underneath our feet, and people don't realize that. They don't see it. They they think that I that we are conspiracy theorists just because we're pushing for this stuff and wanting to fight the narrative, which I'm trying to fight the narrative because everyone's being lied to. Yeah, I mean, you if you Wikipedia the, you know, the Boogaloo movement or the Boogaloo boys, it's just so many blatant lies. And they even, you know, reference these, you know, federally funded uh, uh, groups and, and studies and shit like that. When you, you meet these guys, I mean, we're a bunch of libertarians. We are a bunch of libertarians. Um, some of us were already active in the LP and then we got involved uh with the redactor of the Boogaloo movement, and but a lot of us are um, were redactor or Boogaloo before we decided to get involved. And um, mm-hmm. me personally, I was already involved with the party before I got involved with the Boogaloo movement. Um, uh, but I'm seeing a lot of people join the party um, through the redacted caucus, through this movement. Um, they recognize that there is a political home for them. Um, that maybe they've been libertarians for a long time, but didn't feel like they truly belong. Um, but now, you know, they feel comfortable being around a little bit more like-minded people. Um, you know, we're not the radical caucus and we're not the Mises caucus. We're just a little bit different. Um, and we wear fun shirts. <laughs> um, but we're the I'm people, we're the people lot. that sat at the back of the bus. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, um, you know, we, and we really, 
I, I think naturally a lot of people in the redacted caucus have a sense of uh, anarcho-capitalism or gorism kind of ingrained in them. Um, it's it's almost like it's something that you're kind of born with that you see that there's a true freedom that man can have and that it's actually obtainable. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to touch on today is uh, something else that happened over the weekend and I still find it rather hilarious is uh, the rally that happened at the Capitol for <laughs> the failed in failed insurrection of January 6th, AKA the fed boy rally, AKA the fed boy Palooza, because that is all it fucking was, is that it was a whole bunch of feds that showed up in hopes that more people are like book boys and, whoever else was against this shit that would show up and were hoping to make arrests when they ended up arresting one of their own fucking guys. Like you rested, <laughs> how, how incompetent do you have to be to not read like some kind of deposition that you have one of your guys out there in the fucking crowd and you arrest one of them. It, well, it, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's the epitome it of government efficiency, right? It's the, it, it's the exact epitome of government efficiency. One government right. uh, or tax-funded department using, you know, arresting another tax-funded department, you know, blowing up their whole operation that's costing God knows how many millions of dollars for this stupid rally. Um, and from what I understand, the numbers were almost, it was almost half feds from what I understand. Um, yeah, and the other half was it, media. It's, yeah, it, it was, it's just a, it's just a, a joke. Uh, you, you almost can't. It's hard to not get psy up these days, and especially when you're the group that was there, you're you're just asking for it, right? They didn't have the numbers that they were expecting. Um, they were the whole thing got psy up, and then the psy up got blown. So everybody loses. Nobody wins. the The Trumpers don't look good. The, the Feds definitely don't look good. Honestly, from that one video. Um, the Capitol riot police looked the best out of that whole situation. That whole that whole thing, like I mean, I, I looked at, I watched some of the videos from the rally, and I'm seeing those guys, and those guys, the feds, they weren't even trying to hide the fact that they were feds. Like they looked like the guys that you would charge like fucking eighty dollars for a gram of of weed, and they would go about it, and or like if you touch me, my daddy's gonna see you, like some preppy hoity toity, uh, prep kids. That you see, like, uh, out when you go to the bar or something like that. And the fact that the feds are just not trying to hide it anymore, it's like they, it, you're trying too hard. It's like we understand, like, half of us know, like, what to look for, for one. Uh, now I'm trying to, I, it, my mind started going and I got fucking flustered because it, it's, it still astounds me how they try to play it off. Like, so many, it was a, let me get my thoughts here for a second. I'm fucking at this all up. Like we said, it was a mixture of feds, media, and magatards, all in one area, and they still arrested one fed. One fed. You had one job, and you arrest your own guy. My tax dollars are put to such good use, I almost hate it. And like, uh, let's see, make tyranny well, ends. Like, he, the guy's not even going to get charged, obviously, because he was a Fed. And so, but had it been any of us, what would have happened? We'd have been charged. We'd still be sitting in a jail cell at the moment. Well, well no, you, we would be, you wouldn't even be charged. And that's what they're doing to a lot of these riders is they're not charging these people with anything per se. So. They can leave them in limbo where they just get transported from one facility. You never get officially booked at that facility. And like, okay, you're moving to this facility. So they keep these people in limbo. They never see their day in court and they never get formally charged for anything. And that's what, right. what happened to us. And we'd be carried off in shackles and handcuffs, carried away probably. Uh, so it's, they calmly walk out and they, they just spread out. They made it, him more protected um, because he just got called out that he was a fit. It's, it's, it's like you laugh and then you cry, right? You laugh because Capitol Police just, you know, arrested a Fed or tried to arrest a Fed, and then you cry because you realize you're, 
you're paying for all of this and this is all for nothing and that if the feds would just let people protest like we're constitutionally allowed then all this hoopla could be completely avoided uh, we are allowed to protest but they're what they're going to throw at you is you must peacefully protest the guideline to their guideline to it is if you are your uh, definition of peaceful is not the same as my definition of peaceful. My definition of peaceful is I'm not harming anybody. I'm not destroying property. And I'm not stealing anything from anybody. Why the fuck are you trying to silence people that are protesting for against something? That's my thing. Your definition doesn't overrule anything that I'm trying to do or what anyone else is trying to do. I don't care what your cause is. If you want to protest, by all means, march out in the fucking street and protest. I'm not going to stop you. As long as you are not destroying property, stealing stuff, or hurting anybody, um, I don't give two fucks what you're protesting about. That's what well, people and, fail to realize. But, but you have, like, so um, last weekend at the end of the damn wars rally, it, um, I believe Magnus Panvidia put in for the permit, I think, or his organization did, right? And he was kind of getting some flack about being permitted. Well, his stance was, if Sure, we could go there and protest unpermitted because we should be allowed to. But that if you do it unpermitted, then say there you have a 70 year old person that's protesting with you. Like you would, you know, I, I love it when I see older people at, at protests because it, it makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. Um, you know, if this is an unpermitted protest, then that cop's going to shove that 70 year old down. And exactly what happened in Australia. You're going to get that seven-year-old lady pushed down, held down, mace in the face, um, because they always go after the weakest. So they they force you to get a permit, and uh, or, or else they'll threaten you with violence, right? That's the name of their game. Mm. That's what they always do. And you can't even practice our constitutional rights without being threatened with violence anymore. So before we continue anything else uh... – I want to bring on a last-minute special guest host. Um, I've been running around like a with a like a chicken with a tech cut off all fucking day, uh, trying to get this whole thing together. We've just gone. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give myself a C on this, but it's gone really well. But I have another special guest that I want to bring on uh, to shed some light on an event that the RCLP is helping with as well as well as a lot of other uh, Libertarian parties. Um, I want to introduce uh, James Toller. He is the Kentucky Libertarian Vice Chair, Libertarian Party Vice Chair, I'm sorry. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and bring him on, let him introduce himself before I fucking anything else up. How's it going, James? Doing good. How about yourself? Oh, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've been listening uh, the whole time. I've stuttered a little bit. Uh, I've made a fool out of myself. And, uh, you know, I'm going to say that's a good Monday. That is a good Monday. Better than most, that's for sure. Uh, so can you uh, give uh, the audience a little bit uh, of insight of who you are, what you do, or and stuff like that before we move on to the event? Yeah, sure. Um, I am J- I'm James Toller. Um, I, I was a candidate, uh, for Kentucky state house here in Kentucky, uh, last year in 2020, um, currently, uh, seeking the nomination again for 2022, uh, as you know, at this point, uh, I'm still out campaigning, like I've got the nomination and all, but, uh, in the end, I can't say anything, you know, official until after I get that nomination, but also, uh, back in March, I was elected as the, uh, Libertarian Party of Kentucky vice chair uh, here in the state. And uh, since then, man, we've just been hammering down, doubling down where we can and and doing what we do, uh, out activism, uh, growing the party, the whole nine yards. How So uh, how is the Libertarian Party up in Kentucky, by the way? Doing great, uh, growing like crazy. Uh, you know, back in uh, March, we had – I believe in the state we had like 13,000 registered libertarians. And today I believe we're pushing 17,000. Uh, nice. So we're growing like crazy. Uh, and, you know, it, with everything that's been going on that you guys have been talking about, 
it just it just helps the cause uh, as far as growing uh, the liberty movement here in Kentucky. So I love to hear that. I love seeing different states uh, pushing their liberty movement. I've noticed a lot of other states are actually getting more liberty minded and pushing the movement. So it's kind of a it's a heartfelt feeling like watching that grow, uh, especially because uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not a politician by any means. So it's nice like with you being uh, or trying to be a politician pushing the Liberty movement and getting your hands down in the nitty gritty to help our Liberty movement. That's, uh, I love seeing it. I appreciate what you do and are do. Just what I do. You know, I, I don't need any recognition for it. It's what I do. So, uh, we have another RCLP member. He's been talking with us about the, this event that is happening in Russell call, at the Russell house event. Um, I have looked into it briefly. I don't know enough knowledge to speak on it at the moment. Uh, so would you mind giving the audience more insight of what this Russell House event is? Because I know that uh, Not A Real Libertarian podcast on Thursday is not going to have a regular show. They're going to be doing a live show um, at the Russell House event. And so uh, if you don't mind giving, like I said, a little bit more information on the event, uh, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, just to give in people more insight as far as why we're doing everything. Um, I'll go back and just start from the whole beginning of it. Uh, back in, back in May of this year, uh, the city of Russell, uh, their mayor and their city council voted unanimously to, uh, invoke eminent domain on a convalescent home down there that houses right now, uh, 25, uh, mentally disabled adults. Uh, and you know, they're not giving them, uh, you know, help as far as finding a place to go to, uh, some of the residents there, they, you know, they're even engaged to get married. And, you know, the fact that the government might even split them up and send them different ways and things like that. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. And the bad thing about that is, you know, when eminent domain is, is brought up by the government to enforce on a place, uh, the government is supposed to formally let the owners and everybody know about the situation. Uh, but at this time, they did not do that. The owners, uh, the workers, the residents found out by a newspaper article <clears throat> that this has happened. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 a shame. I I went down. It's it's kind of hard to believe I've been involved with this, you know, <laughs> since at least the first part of June. Uh, time flies by, uh, but it's when I went down in June to a city council meeting, uh, I got told, uh, after mentioning the words eminent domain that I could not speak, uh, that lit a fire under me even more, uh, to, to get involved. And the following week, I went down and met the residents, all of them, talked to them, spent the day with them, and you know, that put a even more different perspective on the whole deal uh, for me uh, actually seeing them and talking to them and things like that. So now I just go, I, I go down one, one day a week uh, to spend down there to help fight it down there. Uh, not to mention, you know, we got other people, uh, you know, like uh, Seth and, and, you know, Melissa, you know, Rick Dreamer. we got like five or six people that's uh, gotten together and really running with this thing full force. Uh, but as far as the event and everything on Thursday goes, <clears throat> we are having a a protest down there uh, at the Russell Convalescent Home. We do have Spike Cohen coming in. Uh, he will be there uh, Thursday. Uh, we will be having a fundraising lunch with Spike uh, at 12 noon. It will run from 12 to 2. Uh, then we'll take a little break and then the protest will start, uh, around four o'clock and run to six. And by all means, when I say six, I use the, that time frame like loosely, uh, because there's a few of us got to get ready, uh, to head over across the street to a city council meeting, uh, that will be taking place at six 30. But if you, if you're not going to that city council meeting, by all means, keep the protest rocking and rolling, you know, through that city council meeting. Uh, I know myself, Spike, uh, Seth, I believe Brian's probably going bootleg. Like you said, we'll be there. 
I think he's going to be running a podcast probably at the protest. And then he will also be uh, live inside the city council meeting as well. Yeah, he, uh, he, he'll be, instead of doing a regular uh, show on Thursday, uh, he's going to be doing the live protest and I believe city inside city council meeting for the podcast, giving people an insight of what exactly is going on. So Thursday's not going to be a regular show for every, for anyone that's it was anticipating a regular show. It won't be as such. It's going to be a whole totally different uh, demeanor, uh, which I look forward to watching that and getting to see what all is going on up there. Yeah. Um, so Seth was also telling me that there is um, a GoFundMe and petition site because uh, you guys are still taking signatures for uh, the petition, correct? Yes, uh, we started the petition uh, back on the 27th of uh, last month, and uh, we're trying to get to the 100,000 signature mark by the 27th of this month. Uh, if if we do that, then it reaches the White House. Uh, the White House will look at it, uh, give their two cents worth or whatever they do. Uh, on the situation, uh, right now we're at like 50,200 some signatures uh and we have until the 27th uh so if you haven't done so uh you know go over to change.org uh and just look up the uh wrongful imminent domain petition uh sign that for us and help us out in that way uh actually here uh i kind of already took the the initiative uh, before you guys came on uh if anyone's looking for that actual website i went ahead and made a banner for it so if you're looking for the correct one to go to please you see what these guys are trying to do and it's for a great cause um please go to this website sign the petition make your voice heard because if your voice isn't heard what the hell are you really doing these guys are doing it for a great cause they need the help we're all in the liberty movement for together i mean why not help some people out i mean what's the worst that's going to happen yeah, and and you know the bad thing is the government goes after the most vulnerable people uh, to get what they want, and you know with with these twenty five mentally disabled people, you know they're really vulnerable, and it's up to us to actually take that stand and, and fight for them, and you know that's what that's what we're trying to do. Uh, when we mentioned it to Spike, Spike was here in Kentucky for an event. Uh, back in September or first part of September and uh, or actually August, I'm sorry. Uh, and we mentioned it to him and Spike jumped on board like before we even finished talking about it. And, you know, Spike backed him up into a corner uh, a little bit with his first post that he put out about it. And, you know, we just, at that point, we just started doubling down uh you know, keep pushing them back into that corner. Hopefully we can make a mold print out of them in the, in the drywall in that corner. So. No. Yeah. I mean, Spike, that he's a huge political activist. Like I, I, I give the man props. He's, he's one of the very few politicians that are actually for the people. He actually gets, gets out there in the public. He's not a, he's not a for show on camera uh, politician. He actually wants to be with the people. He wants to hear what your side of the story is. He wants to get, he wants to help communities out and stuff like that. Um, speaking of also a uh, good political activist, uh, Seth, he actually told me also that, uh, and Janae, who is the founder of the RCLP, she uh, let me know, and he let me know that there's also a GoFundMe for the event, correct? Yes, there is a uh, GoFundMe's put up. And that GoFundMe is uh, pretty much because the house that they are, that they are in, it's, it's like a 70, 80 year old house. So just so like any updated. other house, it does. And the, the big reason for this GoFundMe is if they enact and it passes through the courts on this eminent domain and they are put out, it's to help find them a place to go to so we can keep them together uh, and not have to worry about it because they are one big family down there. But if something happens that they do, uh, beat this case and they get to stay where they're at, then obviously, you know, with a 70, 80 year old home there, it needs some updates. And that is to help them out with that as well. Yeah. Uh, and so I also 
when I had posted the uh, the link for to sign the petition, I went ahead and also got a banner going for the GoFundMe. So anyone watching that is is in for this event or is going to the event or even if you've heard of this event, even if you haven't, go help volunteer as much as you can. Any amount helps for these people. Uh, they would greatly appreciate it. I mean, you, I, we got James here, bolt face telling you what these people are going through, what they need help with. And we, I feel like that's our job as Americans. I mean, our brothers and sisters, we're supposed to help each other out. That's what we're here for, especially in this liberty movement where it is, tr they're trying to silence the liberty movement. This is what gets us seen. This is what gets us heard. And so if you have a chance, please go look at the GoFundMe. Go donate what you can. They're not asking for much. They just, they need as much help as they can get. You know, it's like I say in my campaign all the time. It don't matter if it's only a dollar. You know, <clears throat> a dollar is a dollar. And it can go a long way exactly. to help these residents. You know, I mean, if we get 100,000 people donate a dollar, well, we've got $100,000. You know, I mean, it, it's not a lot. Uh, and, you know, so don't, don't think, well, I really don't have $25 to throw in there or whatever. You know, if you got four quarters laying around, you know, go to the GoFundMe, yeah. throw that number in there, uh, because it really can, you know, it can help a lot. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we are creeping up on almost an hour. So, uh, James, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start closing down final, uh, final words. So, it was awesome having you on here. Uh, I'm sure you and I will speak again. Uh, I'll be watching that event this Thursday. Uh, I hope you guys kick ass, get what you need, need to be get done. Uh, it was awesome talking to you. I love the, the information you were able to provide. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, any any way that we can get the word out there, you know, it, it helps. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to plug? By the way, I'm sorry, I, I, that was a rude of me. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug to for yourself or for the Kentucky Libertarian Party? Or yeah, I mean, you know, if if you can help out in any way, uh, you know, I I, I kill. I, I feel kind of like selfish. Uh, you know, to ask something for myself, especially, you know, me helping, helping them, uh, because I'm really not doing it for myself or anything. Uh, but, you know, the Libertarian Party of Kentucky, uh, if you want to help, you know, even after donating to the GoFundMe, if you want to help fight more imminent domain issues or anything like that, uh, you know, feel free to go to lpky.org, uh, hit the donate button. Donate a few bucks there because we're not going to stop just at this one. We're going to keep going. All right. Well, James, like I said, it was awesome having you on. And uh, you and I will talk later on, man. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for having me. Enjoy having you, brother. Uh -huh. Well, now that we're out of close, uh, is there anything you would like to plug, Brian? Um, I'm going to plug uh, Redacted Caucus on Twitter. Um, give us a follow. Um, trying to get that this follows up. Trying to get that outreach up. So give us a like, re retweet, like all of our stuff that you see. You'll help us out in the long run. Uh, I can't give you anything except my. Uh, my thanks. Um, if you're in Maryland, reach out to me. Um, my Twitter handle is at Suburban Agorist. Reach out to me, message me, um, and I'll get you connected with either Eric, uh, if you're on the Eastern Shore, or hook up with you myself, uh, and we're, we'll get the ball rolling. Um, we've been doing pretty good. We have a, a strong Mises stronghold here, which is fine, but there's plenty of people that, uh, that want to join LP for other reasons. So, uh, so I'm excited for that. And uh, other than that, all I can say is getting involved with your local party because that's the best thing that you can do. All right. Well, you and I will uh, chat up later, Brian. It was I appreciate you getting on last minute. Uh, you helped me out in a great deal. Uh, but we'll talk later, brother. All right. Thanks for having me, Nick. See you guys.
Well, uh, this is the end of it uh, for episode two. I appreciate anyone that's watched. I appreciate the likes, the the laughs, the hearts, the whatever the whatever you want to do. Uh, I have one last plug. Uh, our RCLP store for the Redacted Caucus. Is, we do have a store now. Uh, if you want to go check it out, uh, go check out the redactedcaucus.org.com. Doesn't matter. It's going to bring you to the same site. Uh, you're able to find out more information on memberships. You're able to find our, our merchandise. Uh, give us a little bit. We're going to have more merchandise on there. Uh, if you have any questions, you want to get to know me a little bit more, you can look me up at the Redacted Oki on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook at on, at Nicholas O'Day. That's O apostrophe D-E-A. Uh, if you don't want to do either one, I'll see you uh, next Monday. So uh, just keep pushing the Liberty Movement, people. I appreciate you. Thank you. Later days.